This episode is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'll be following a team of elite cryptographers as they decode a highly classified radio transmission. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. The Message on iTunes. It seems like everyone has a tattoo these days, whether it's a small rose, a skull, or a crucifix. People are marking their bodies in unprecedented numbers. While some may want to dismiss it as merely a trend, tattoos tap into the human need for rituals and for meaning. As fewer Americans identify with formal religious traditions, getting a tattoo can be a rite of passage and a means to claiming identity. Tattoos can serve like stained glass windows. They tell the story of the soul. Welcome to this week's All Together, the podcast dedicated to exploring ethics, religion, and spiritual practice in daily life. My name is Paul Rauschenbusch, and I'm the executive editor of Global Spirituality and Religion at the Huffington Post and the host of All Together. You can download All Together on iTunes or Stitcher. Today I'm talking with two men whose bodies are literally covered with tattoos. They tell me about what spiritual significance tattoos have for them and what advice they have for people who are thinking about getting their first tattoo. I started with my friend and colleague Noah Michelson, who is a poet and the editorial director of the Voices section at the Huffington Post. Noah Michelson, welcome to All Together. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Noah, tell me about the first tattoo you ever got. The first tattoo I ever got is a deer, and it's actually being tied down to the ground. I think a lot of people think it's morbid. It's on my forearm, and an ex-boyfriend of mine, he's a painter, and he had this whole series of animals, and the series is called Tethered. And it's different animals that are tied down or um, tied to a tree, and it it just sort of spoke to me, partly because I'm from Wisconsin, like you are, and I wanted something for my first tattoo that sort of represented where I came from. Um, and so having a deer, which seemed very emblematic of Wisconsin to me, especially I grew up going up north to my grandmother's cabin, and there were so many deer. And so having that, but then there was something that really spoke to me about this idea of, of an animal being sort of tethered, um, both as a sad thing, but also as sort of like being sure of who you were and your place in the world and, and not being moved. What was the experience like? Like, what, what was the decision-making like for you? Were you was it just, I want a tattoo? Uh, I've always wanted tattoos. Why? Um, why? I, you know, I don't know. It spoke, to, they spoke to me for some reason. When I would see people who are heavily tattooed and I would hear them talk about their tattoos, they usually had some kind of meaning. They usually had some kind of story. And I don't think in my mind then I understood them as spiritual or I understood them as metaphorical, but something spoke to me. And and so when I, when I decided to get one, I knew I wanted to have some kind of meaning. I knew I didn't just want to pick something stupid. Um, and uh, I didn't get them until after my father died. So my father was very much against them. Uh, my mother was too, but you know, I got my first one when I was 32 years old, which I think is which pretty is old. Which is late. I it's, didn't even realize it yeah, was that late. It was really late. And, uh, and I told my mom, I said, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm a grown up, and I pay my own bills and I know you're not going to like it, 
But this is something I really want to do. So I met this tattoo artist. Her name's Virginia Elwood, and she's also queer. And um, it was just kind of fate that the the tattoo manager at the shop said, oh, he looked at the drawing and he said, I think Virginia would want to do that. So I just met her. And we had this connection the minute that we met. And she's done all of my tattoos now. And, I'm, you know, people can't see me, but um, I'm 75% covered. Most of my body, it's been five years. I've spent thousands of dollars, countless hours, um, lots of Xanax, <laughs> you know, and... and um, but part of this too is not just not just the tattoos you choose, not just that, but it's also the process I find is is very spiritual in a lot of ways. You're spending all this time with one person who knows you very intimately. They the at least for me, she knows why I'm getting the t- tattoos. She knows what they represent. And for me, they represent everything from my father's death to breakups with boyfriends to my queerness. Um, you know, to how I see myself in the world. And so um, being able to share that with someone else and having someone else mark me. And I think that's the other thing, Paul, is that tattoos are about marking yourself and about staking territory in the world. And I've said this before, is that I didn't realize how much I had to get off my chest until I started putting things on my chest. Mm. And it was really um, empowering, but also it, it was spiritual for me to be able to say, these are my stories, especially as a queer person. I had a really terrible childhood. Um, I was bullied extensively. And it's not that exciting in terms of, you know, it was very garden variety stuff, being pushed downstairs and and these horrible things. But um, being able to um, sort of work my way through a lot of that later in my life by by having emblems of that on me. Yeah, well, it it sounds almost like you're reclaiming also your body. Yeah, by saying this, I will choose what to do with my body, and you can't, it, especially in response to the kind of bullying and yep. the shaming of queer bodies, hundred uh, percent, and really saying I will choose what I do with my body, which I think is an extremely spiritual exercise. I want to go back uh, briefly to your father. Your father was Jewish. Yeah, uh, your mother was Christian. Yeah. Do you think there was anything about his Judaism that informed that? Because you know, within some yeah. strains of Judaism, it's a it's a prohibition, but that right. that's more with the Orthodox Jews. Exactly. My, my dad was very much culturally Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, a very staunch atheist in a lot of ways, but he was also a very spiritual person, and I, and he very much um, aligned himself with with Judaism. And, you know, if he would see a movie about the Holocaust, he would weep like a baby. And, and, um, he was very proud of his, of his heritage. And so I think maybe somewhere in there that was just sort of, uh, part of his thought process, but I don't think it was conscious really for, for him. It was more that we were in Wisconsin in the nineties and the type of people who had tattoos in my small town in Wisconsin were not, um, the kind of people that he thought I should be. Because tattooing has also come a long way since, you it's know. huge. Everyone has tattoos now. But even, I think, in the, in the, in the you know, more early uh, iterations of tattoos, I mean, when we think about, there, it was a, a way to mark yourself as other. A hundred percent. You know, with, with um, you know, there, it was a whole carnival show. Look yes. at the tattooed person. Right. You know, I mean, it was that much that people would actually pay to see someone who looks like you. A hundred percent. And and so it was. It was. I am going to choose my to to other myself yeah. from this society. And I think still, you know, in this um, in this time, I'm wondering uh, among um, 
queer people, but also just kind of everyone who's trying to figure out, well, what's my place? Yeah. How can I put my mark on myself as an indication mm-hmm. of what my mark is in this wider world? I think that's super interesting, and you're making me think of things that I haven't thought about before, but I think that, um, I think for me, it was part of othering myself, but for me, it was a solidifying my otherness. It wasn't that I wanted to be a weirdo for weirdo's sake. It wasn't that I wanted attention from people, because my tattoos are really for me. Um, I don't, you sometimes see people who get heavily tattooed, and they wear outfits that especially show off their tattoos. That's not why I get them. But I think because I've I struggled with my queerness for so long in my life, um, and with otherness for so long in my life, to be able to have a tangible, physical way to embody my otherness, because queerness is, you know, someone can look queer or act queer, but it's still not something like skin color, um, a, a, you know, or, or ethnicity. Queerness is invisible in a lot of ways, and so I think for me to be able to distill my queerness or my otherness by doing this act, that was really empowering for me. I remember I have I have a Tom of Finland tattoo on my forearm, and it's this beautiful leather man. And I love Tom of Finland because he was the first artist who drew gay men in the 20th century who were happy and who weren't pathologized and who weren't evil. Um, and they were having sex and it was healthy. And so when I got this tattoo, I got it on my forearm, and it's very, very, very visible. And it's very, very, very gay. And that was sort of a promise to myself that I would never take a job where I couldn't um, be openly gay. uh, And I would never let myself go back into the closet again Hmm. because I branded myself with this thing that was obviously gay. um, And and that was sort of holding myself accountable for my queerness Hmm. because, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I think it's so interesting. It it reminds me in a somewhat of a flip side um you know people who will mark themselves with religious symbols yeah. uh, that that says this is who i am you don't see it inside me but this is who i am these are the you know whether it's jesus yeah. or um a, a scene from the bible what do you um what do you think about people who have no tattoos like me <laughs> <laughs> i love that i think that that's great um i think that again, and maybe this is selfish, but it's so much for the tattoos for me are just so much about me. Yeah. It's not about anyone else. People also think, you know, that a lot of, make a lot of assumptions about me because of my tattoos, that I must be mean or that I must be part of a tattoo culture. You know, a lot of people think that I'm a tattoo artist. Um, none of that's true. I don't really know any other heavily tattooed people except for my, my tattoo artists. So, um, I think everyone should kind of do what's right for them. I think people nowadays especially get into it way too quickly mm. and they get things that they regret later. Um, Do you regret any of your tattoos? None. Uh-huh. And that'll be that's the other thing I'll tell you too is that I started to get just sort of, not random, but th- I was much quicker on the draw if something appealed to me to get it done. I get tattooed once a month, you know this. Yeah. Um, but it changed the way I thought about my body and it made me less precious about my body. I mean, I had... I had um, a form of eating disorder when I was a teenager. Um, I had a really, I was overweight when I was a young teen and especially being a gay man and knowing sort of the currency that being in shape and being attractive holds with gay men. I had a very tumultuous relationship with my body. And um, so being able to not be so precious about my body and not be so strident and so rigid about how I think my body should look having a tattoo that maybe isn't quite perfect. I have one that's, it's a, it's a tiara 
from like a beauty queen. It's on my upper arm. And I don't love the way it turned out. But I love that I have it uh-huh. um, because it does. It's a reminder. So many of these things are reminders uh, of who I am. It's a roadmap in a way. It's a roadmap. But, but it is uh, what, what I think is so interesting is um, how recent it is. You have um, one uh, tattoo that I think is exceedingly interesting that is on your knuckles. Oh, yeah. The, um, and uh, I, I uh, tell the story of sure. that. Um, so it says doom. Each knuckle, it's D-O-O-M. And uh, I, I've always been sort of fascinated with the word doom since I was in high, er, early college because Matthew Shepard, who was murdered, the young gay man who was murdered in um, Wyoming, Wyoming yeah. uh, back in the late 90s, and he was killed for being gay. And uh, when the, his funeral happened, the Westboro Baptist Church, who everyone knows is that hate group that goes and pickets people. It was their funerals. first really their big, national uh, moment. Exactly. And they held up signs at his funeral. One of them said, Matt's in hell. And the other one said, fags doom nations. And I remember seeing those signs and being so horrified, but also seeing that sign, fags doom nations, and thinking, um, wow, they think that gay people could ruin an entire nation. That's really powerful. <laughs> and I loved that idea. And so so having that on my knuckles is is also a daily reminder that when things are bad or when I feel like I'm not good enough or any of these things, I kind of look at that and I think, no, 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 you can doom an entire nation, you know? So, <laughs> well, and it is Westboro Baptist Church, exactly. which is now part of your fan club. They love me. They love you. Yeah. I mean, this is actually true, people. Uh, there's a huge you know, cult following of <laughs> Noah Michelson from the Westboro Baptist Church. We have a weird relationship. Yeah, one of the girls said you're her best friend or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's odd. But I actually I have I have uh, religious tattoos as well. I have a Jesus on my arm, mm. um, even though I'm not religious. I have Saint uh, Anne. Oh God, Paul, what is which which one is she? Oh, this is awful. She's the patron saint of virginity. That's right. why I got her. Right. Because I love that idea of having um, the patron saint of virginity on my uh, leg, and so I'm fascinated by religion, and I and I. I look to religion, even though I'm not religious, I look to religion as sort of offering guideposts for how to be a good human being. Uh-huh. I like it. It's it's center. I think a lot of religions have some great things to teach us. Uh-huh. And so having those, again, having those reminders, I think Jesus was a really cool guy, you know? <laughs> and I'm happy, really, really happy to have him on my shoulder. It just occurred to me that, especially the way you are tattooed, it's like a stained glass window. Yeah. You know, you're That's actually really telling a story yes. through this artistry that the, the you know, with stained glass windows happened because, you know, people didn't know the stories and they couldn't read. Right. So they saw, they read the stories through the windows. That's how they learned about the, the, the faith. Yeah. And, uh, and you can teach about yourself right. who you are through your tattoos. No one has ever said that. And I've never thought of that, but you are exactly right. Perfect place to end. Thank you so much, Noah. I love being here. Coming up on All Together, I'll be speaking with Josh Corda, one of the Dharma punks, about what tattoos mean to him. This episode is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. 
Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, we're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now... Uh, sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices, music, breathing. But, you know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. Josh Korda is a well-known Buddhist and presiding teacher at Dharma Punks NYC, as well as a teacher at Against the Stream. Josh Corder, welcome to All Together. Thanks for having me. So Josh, tell me what tattoos mean to you at this point in your life. I, I would say that uh, they're a form for me of branding. And what is branding but an attempt to uh, announce oneself uh, or announce characteristics to the world. Uh, they're certainly statements of identity or identity beliefs, what we believe about ourselves. And, uh, of course, in my own case, um, my tattoos are, are uh, expressions of my, uh, essentially, my life's work, which has been as a Buddhist and my life's interest in Buddhism. So all of the tattoos I have in one way or another are tied to that, you know, the, my spiritual practice. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's at heart. Um, I think that also the thing about the, about brands is that, you know, we all, uh, I don't know if this is too philosophical, but Feel free. We love we love philosophy. All right. Well, okay. So we all, you know, we're we're animals that uh, that are unique in that we live with the knowledge of our own mortality that we're all going to to die, and we all have a kind of anxiety of will my life matter? You know, will after we die, will we have? Will we be remembered? You know, and so brands sort of step in to uh, um, create the image of uh, uniqueness in our culture. The individual is, you know, uh, the, the idea of the heroic, brave individual that uh, uh, we seek that identity because it gives us a sense of uh, immunity to the inevitable. And yet at the same time, we're not only... Uh, a species that lives in the shadow of death, but we're also very social animals. And um, human beings thrived and became the dominant species because we connect very well to each other. So brands, signs, symbols, haircuts, the clothes we wear are essentially signs that help us connect because when we connect to the pack, we feel safe. We feel powerful. We feel less vulnerable. We're rewarded with, you know, good feelings. So like all uh, brands, I think the underlying goal of a tattoo is the same as it is for <laughs> why people 
purchase or do anything that uh, engages in a brand, which is to, uh, one, wrestle with the vulnerability of being, uh, a, you know, living in the shadow of our own mortality, and yet at the same time, too, feeling the overweening urge to connect with other people of our type. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we can't, we don't want to connect with everyone. Uh, that's meaningless. Uh, the human being wants to connect with members of its tribe. Uh-huh. We feel um, uh, specially connected with in a thematic way. The great uh, psychological anthropologist Robin Dunbar says that human beings uh, are cortically set up to know about 150 people and that we seek a certain kind of tribe or group of people that uh, share similar identity beliefs or or similar worldviews or similar uh, underlying themes. So, uh, in that yeah. way, in that way, uh, tattoos are similar to kind of rituals that people go through to become a member of a tribe or a member of a uh, a group. Right, a subculture. So, some people's tattoos, you know, are obviously biker tattoos, and they're what they're they're hoping, even though they might be accountants or they might be creative directors in an ad agency, if they have biker tattoos that say live free or die or you know have you know pinup girls or have you know uh daggers or whatever to seek connection with a sort of a, a tribe of people that are you know uh masculine creative you know that have uh, certain outsider uh, goals that you know l- listen to certain bands and and you know it's a it's a desire to mark a kind of this is the this is the the tribe that I belong to and I want to connect. So what's your tribe? Uh, well, my tribe is certainly the tribe of people like Noah and Vinny and uh, other, you know, Dharma punks teachers and Dharma punks practitioners. And we all have, um, I mean, not all Dharma punks have tattoos, but certainly uh, those that do have very Buddhisty tattoos with Buddhist themes and Buddhist imagery, images of the Buddha, images of, you know, uh, Buddhist themes, uh, certainly Pali words such as anatta, anicca, uh, you know, metta. We have, um, you know, so essentially they're demarked sort of identifying us as uh, essentially a kind of a tribe of, uh, you know, l- most of us also come from recovery backgrounds. Uh-huh. So uh, the the sort of Dharma punks tribe is largely, or is not entirely by any means, but there's a large population in us of, of people who are in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. And uh, so... It, we have that all in common as well, and the tattoos mark that. Is are, are for you? Um, when did you first get your uh, original tattoo, and what was the circumstance? Well, the original circumstance was I got a Buddhist uh, 
figure meditating. It was about 25, well, not 25, maybe 21 or two years ago. And were you already in recovery? Uh, I was just starting, uh-huh. just the very beginning. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, very much a uh, essentially a uh, proclamation that not only was I going to uh, uh, live a sober lifestyle, but also that I was going to uh, um, place much more emphasis on my spiritual life. I'd already been meditating for many years, but my my Buddhist practice didn't have a central role until I got sober. And mm. so it's about 21 years ago, yeah. It's interesting, the, um, you know, the the, well, I'd say quasi-permanence of a tattoo uh, within a uh, philosophy or, or tradition that emphasizes impermanence in a way. Well, it's interesting because um, obviously the, the Buddha did note that um, identity is in flux and that uh, all things are constantly undergoing change. And yet, at the same time, he said that there are things that are lasting. For instance, uh, kindness, compassion, uh, generosity, appreciation, um, patience. All of those attributes, if you practice them, they will unconditionally always bring about a greater peace of mind and they will bring about so there are things in life that even though um, even though mental states and states being are impermanent there are ideas or there is certain laws that are lasting mm-hmm. and so and I, you know a tattoo in many ways is affirming not so much an attempt to be permanent. It's an, it's affirming certain beliefs, which are uh, lasting and unconditional. Mm. Do you ever uh, have a a moment when you will look down or look, you know at, at one of your tattoos and it will actually like be a reminder or bring you back to a state of um, um, kind of uh, I don't know how to put this, but correctness or uh, of mind yeah absolutely for instance um i have on my left hand anatta which is is the buddha's statement that <clears throat> the tendency to point at any different any specific um uh mental state and say that's who i am that's the real me uh in other words to sort of pounce on certain states of mind as this is my identity this is the real josh uh that causes a lot of suffering in life you know for instance i'll be concrete suppose we have times where we feel really lonely and then we might during those times we'll go oh that's my real identity the lonely person or there might be times when we're really angry or frustrated or sad or happy or creative or whatever and we tend to point to different experiences and say, that's the real me. And other experiences we don't take personally. We just go, oh, I was, today I was, today I was uh, angry. That's not me. 
<laughs> and so the saying that certain points of our lives is the real me and other points is not creates this uh, all this fear and anxiety. For instance, if I get sad and I say, oh, my God, my sadness is who I really am, then it creates this idea that I'm stuck. Mm. I'll always be sad, that I'll always be experiencing this depression. And so Anatta, on my left hand, reminds me that it's all, it, none of it is personal. All the emotions, all the feelings, it's, they're all transitory, in flow. If I really look at them very closely, I'll see that they're even, you know, states that seem very uniform in life, like we might think of ourselves as angry people. But when we really investigate them, we'll see, oh, my anger is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. It's different today yeah. than it was yesterday. So I'm, it's a different, it's a, it reminds me that I'm not stuck. Right, right. Um, are you still getting tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. And um and what is the kind of how do you decide what to to put on your body? I wish that I uh and I'm sure my wife would concur because I tend to be very spontaneous and I tend to be I don't tend to uh even though they are lasting endeavors I tend to just uh see something like it and get it, Uh, or I'll have an idea, I'll just feel uh, after, I generally don't do it on the spur of the moment, because, of course, if you you just, on a completely impromptu impulse, get a tattoo, it's probably not going to be a very good idea, (laughs) you're increasing the likelihood that you can wind up with something that you're not that happy with for many years, so um, in general, what I try to do is at least wait a few days when I have an idea to make sure that it's uh, that it's not transitory in the sense that it wasn't something reacting to a specific setting or experience that it's something that has a little bit more uh, depth to it and then if it's still there then I'll call up one of my friends who's I know a bunch of different tattoo artists and just get them to uh, put it on me Mm. What do you think of, um, there are countries where, I mean, I, I think I heard of a story where a woman had a tattoo of the Buddha and uh, there was a country that kind of threw her out or, you know, imprisoned her or fined her, or, you know, and because they felt it was disrespectful. Yeah, uh, that happens. I've had that happen with, uh, I, won't, I won't mention his name, but... Uh, um, a monk that I was an attended to during the retreat would barely speak to me because of my tattoos. He was not from, I'll say he wasn't from Thailand where there tends to be uh, a lot of the monks. Uh, there are many monks there who will get tattoos, but there are other Southeast Asian Buddhist countries where uh, it's specifically a no-no and uh, I didn't, you know, I've even in even in countries where it's not a no-no, I've gotten sometimes like shaking of the head from uh, Buddhists who come from those countries where it's not uh, looked upon favorably. I believe the country in question was Sri Lanka. Mm, that and, sounds uh, right. Uh, they uh, do not take very happily 
to uh, and then there's other Buddhist countries that depending upon where you get the tattoo if you get it on your leg or if you have it on certain places in your body they won't be happy uh, for me you know I don't really to be honest care uh, mm. <laughs> um, to me uh, Buddhism, like any other spiritual practice, wherever it goes, it changes. American Buddhism is very deeply different than uh, Southeast Asian or or uh, Chinese or Tibetan Buddhism. Everywhere Buddhism goes, like I, I'm sure Christianity, it changes. And it has to adapt to the cultures and to the people and to the society uh, and in our culture, uh, there's no real, of course, taboo uh, in Buddhist circles, in American Buddhist circles about it. Mm-hmm. So w- any piece of advice for um, someone who's looking to somehow, well, is thinking about getting a tattoo uh, and would like to approach it from a more spiritual perspective? Uh, well, I think that the first would be to, they would want to ask themselves, is their spiritual perspective authentic? Which would mean, don't, if you're raised in a spiritual environment and you're 18 uh, and you're a Buddhist or, a, uh, you know, you pra- you're a Jewish or a Christian or Muslim, whatever identity you have, then wait until you've found an authentic spiritual practice that really um, is something that's born of having lived a bit and having, you know, really forged uh, a spiritual practice that's based on actual lived experiences based on suffering and having to weave your way through suffering using your spiritual faith. When you find that it's not something that you've been born into, but it's something that's authentic, um, then I'm sure that the meaning, the the parts of your faith that have rescued you will be the, they will present the signs, the imagery that you want to have captured or presented on your body as a form of either one, connecting with other people, or two, just uh, creating a kind of acknowledgement to yourself of the importance of your spiritual faith. You know, I mean, obviously in life, people go through really traumatic, wounding events. We lose people we love. Uh, we lose, we go through frustrating uh, setbacks in life and um, there are spiritual practices that help us get through those times and then when we wind up prospering again it's easy to forget mm. those practices that allowed us to stay buoyant amidst times of loss and despair and so hopefully uh, a good reason to get a tattoo is to not is not so much to proselytize your spiritual practice, but to connect with other people who naturally practice in the same way, and also to remind yourself of the importance of uh, faith in your life. Um, yeah, I think that that would be uh, a good way to go about it, and mm-hmm. that's 
unfortunately, well, I didn't get tattooed until I was around 30. I waited until, you know, getting sober and having been through numerous bottoms in my life and having had Buddhism be the, for me, the practice that helped me uh, recover, that I wanted to essentially connect with other Buddhists or other people who were in recovery, who were surviving and, and finding peace of mind in the same way. Josh Corda, thank you so much for joining me on All Together. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me this week on All Together. Whether you have a tattoo or not, I hope you will be inspired today to own your own spiritual story with all the good and all the challenges and know the deep value and worth of your life. Until next time, be well. <laughs>